Well, that's coming in heaven and it's promise. And he shall wipe away every tear and there will be no more sorrow. There will be no more pain. There will be no more death for the former things have passed away. And we'll look back and say all the suffering in this life, all the stupidity of this life was worth going through to get to you, Lord Jesus. That's our message. And it's a take it or leave it message. And if you come across somebody who leaves it, say, fine, next. This is Cross Reference Radio with our pastor and teacher, Rick Gaston. Rick is the pastor of Calvary Chapel Mechanicsville. Pastor Rick is currently teaching through the book of 2 Kings. Please stay with us after today's message to hear more information about Cross Reference Radio, specifically how you can get a free copy of this teaching. But for now, let's join Pastor Rick in the book of 2 Kings chapter 11 as he begins a brand new message called Satan's Other Daughter. 2 Kings chapter 11, Satan's Other Daughter is the title of this consideration. I knew a church that was trying to make a movie about Jezebel and Athaliah, and they wanted Hillary and Nancy to play the leading roles, but they wouldn't sign. Okay, that's not true, but it could be. I may repeat myself a few times on purpose through this because the family relationships are very confusing. We try to, and and important though, that's the the catch. So I'll try to, to hopefully communicate it well enough for you to not be too confused. We are about 840 years before the coming of Jesus Christ. The parallel account to this story is in 2 Chronicles, and that, that is important too because you get other details that Kings doesn't say at all and Chronicles doesn't say at all, and so it's good to cross-reference if you want to dig into this. But what we have shifts back from, we closed out chapter 10 with Jehu and the end of his his life and his being succeeded by his son. Well, the story now goes back to the time that Jehu killed uh, Ahaziah, the king of Judah, and he also had killed Joram, the king of Israel, with the arrow. And uh, not only does it go back in time in its narrative, but it also now focuses on Judah, mostly in kings up to this point. We've been in the northern kingdom. Now we're going south. And so we look at verse 1, then Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead. She arose and destroyed all his royal heirs. Well, she is the daughter of Ahab and most certainly the daughter of Jezebel. Even though we're not, it doesn't come out, the Bible doesn't say she's the daughter of Jezebel. She is. <laughs> and if she isn't biologically, she is every other way. And as a daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, she's not part of the Davidic line. She has no claim, legitimate claim, to the throne in Judah. That's where the Davidic line, the dynasty of David, is to be. And I think the historians of Second Kings refuse to name her mother out of such just disdain for her, Jezebel, that is. Jezebel also, she, Jezebel's Satan's daughter, and Athaliah is 
the other daughter of Satan, and we'll see exactly why, that it's not really hyperbole. Well, she married Athaliah. She married Jehoram. And Jehoram was the son of a godly king, Jehoshaphat, who just could not pick friends. He just made bad choices when it came to choosing his acquaintances. Well, Jehoshaphat makes this arrangement for his son, Joram, the king of the south with the people of the north, and that's how Athaliah makes her way in. We pick up in Second Chronicles 22. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab. That is not Jehoshaphat, but his son, Jehoram. For his mother advised him to do wickedly. The, the mother of Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, she's the one advising the king that Jehu killed to do wickedly. After he's killed, she's going to steal the throne. Athaliah, this queen mother, she was the queen for eight years married to Jehoram. And see how it gets a little tricky? All these names. It'd be hard. It'd be difficult even if they were, you know, common names for us. Well, she's eight years the queen married to King Jehoram. Then she's the queen mother for a year. When her son Ahaziah comes to the throne, he only lasts for a year. She was the queen mother. But now she usurps the throne at his death, and she is going to be the illegitimate queen for six years. And you say, okay, well, why are you telling me this? Well, you have 15 years of satanic influence in Judah because of this one person. And she is one of the worst. Jezebel gets more press, but she's on the same level as Jezebel. She, of course, is a pagan, an idolater. She's a fanatic for Baal. That leaves no room in her heart for any other gods. She hated everything Yahweh, especially the Davidic line and its claims to the throne. Even heaven is not big enough for fake gods. And that's something that many people either choose to not consider or have not been nudged to consider, and hopefully we will. We, can, we will get an opportunity to tell the unbelievers who think that all roads lead to heaven. Listen, heaven is not big enough for fake gods. Stop it. There's only one way. And we know that way, and we want to share it. Well, it says here in verse 1 that she saw her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs. She had her own grandchildren massacred. You see, this is Satan's daughter. She wants no one to have a claim on the throne. This was Satan's direct assault on the Davidic line, the the Messianic line of Messiah. Satan hoped to prove God incapable of fulfilling his promises and his prophecies concerning David and the Jewish people. And he is to this day, because he is the consummate nut, truly insane, spiritually insane. That does not reduce his deadliness, it increases it. And to this day, he's hoping to exterminate the Jewish people because of the covenants. He wants to prove that God can be wrong. And that he can be on his level. 
Who else can prove God wrong, he thinks, but me? Now, when we say Satan again, it can be used two ways. Most of the time we mean, you know, well, not most of the time. Many times we mean Lucifer himself. And that's who I'm cho- using it. Because Satan means the enemy. But he has, there are a host of fallen beings and demonic beings. And they make up Satan. So when we say Satan has been harassing you, we're not talking about Lucifer. We're talking about one of his minions. So it's an inclusive statement. Lucifer himself, of course, goes for the high-value targets. It was Lucifer that faced Jesus in the wilderness, for example. It is Lucifer who is the prince of Persia that goes over the rulers of the world. There are some fallen beings so wicked, they're still locked up. But they will be released. At least some of them will. Anyway... Satan has been and continues to attempt to destroy the line of Jacob. Not only David, but Jacob. This would account for the genocide that is hurled against the Jewish people. One of the most recent, of course, Nazis in Germany. The hatred of the world for this one little country that never invades anybody's country unless it is in retaliation. Athaliah was the devil's seed who tried to destroy God's seed. You could say it that way. It's an overview of all of the battlefield. And God uses Satan, and I'll come to that, and how this ties into we human beings. Because Satan is not human, but he is a beast nonetheless. Ahaziah's older brothers had been killed in raids by the Philistines. You pick that up in 2 Chronicles 22 also. But there were other surviving males of the Davidic line, including his sons, and that's who she sought to exterminate. Recalls to mind the satanic Herod the evil. The world calls him Herod the Great. He was the one that launched the massacre of the Bethlehem innocents. Those little children under two years and below that he had them slaughtered. Well, it's not the first time this has happened. In fact, Jehu was doing this in the north to Ahab's family. Jeremiah thirty three seventeen. for thus says Yahweh, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel, ultimately fulfilled in Messiah. And Satan, he is just determined. Now, Jeremiah says that after these events, it is not for another 300 years before he gets to say it, rounding off the numbers, of course, but it is something that was already baked into the Jewish scripture, and they all knew it well since the days that this is, you know, a man after my own heart and the anointing from Samuel forward in the life of David. That she had enough, though being in the minority, that she had enough support, Jewish supporters, it's very disheartening to see this. She could do none of this if, if it were not for Jewish people supporting her, carrying out her orders. She didn't take the sword and kill these heirs of David, of the Davidic line, she gave the order, and others carried it out, instead of saying no and killing her instead. That's not how it worked initially, but it's going to work that way ultimately. Were you a godly Jew, if you were a godly Jew in Judah, who knew the Davidic covenants in the Scripture and saw the house of David slaughtered, not knowing that there was a survivor, Would you conclude that God 
had failed in his word, that Satan prevailed, if news came to you, the entire line of David has been wiped out. This was a secret. The survivor was held secret for six years. What would you have done? Would you have said my Bible's not true? Because we have people fretting over, well, this is a discrepancy. This is 44. This is 4,400. And, oh, you know, do I trust the Bible? Yeah, you trust it because there's more to the story than that. Satan is allowed to assail our faith for this very reason. And we're getting a microcosm of it right here. We're seeing on a small scale that there would have been people in Judah who did not know there was a survivor, was told that the covenant was broken, and they would have had to say to themselves, what am I to do with God's word now? If you resolve to trust God, you would conclude that the supposed evidence was misleading and at fault, not the facts. You would have said to yourself, fact, the descendants appear to be all dead. Fact, God's words never fails. Fact, I don't have all the answers, but I have enough of the answers to have enough of the faith to trust God's word. That's what would have happened if you were a believer. This is going to be acted out again. Matthew 24, verse 24, for a false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, the elect. So there are going to be other people that have a chance to trust God or not in the face of supposed evidence. And they just pile into hell. There there are so many kids that go to the universities in their first year, they, they toss their faith away. They become apostates. And, of course, there are the naysayers, oh, you, you know, they were never saved. Oh, yeah, they were. If they get baptized, believing in God, we've seen, we've seen them. And then they throw it all away because Satan has gotten to them because they weren't able to stand and say, I don't have all the answers, but I have enough of the answers to have enough of the faith to stand against you, Satan. She arose, it says here in verse 1, and destroyed all the royal heirs. Royal heirs here in the Hebrew, literally the royal seed. She hated the scripture. She hated its morality. She hated its prophecy, which validated its writings. As Peter said, we have the more sure word of prophecy. You don't believe me? Check the prophecies. How are you going to dispute that? She hated the judgments of God's word because it didn't play around with sin. It didn't, you know, apologize to man. And she hated truth. This was Athaliah. This was Jezebel. This was Ahab. This is a a, a bunch of people to this very day are the same way. They hate the scripture. They hate the morality. They hate the prophecy. They hate the truth. They hate the judgments. The wise side with the one who has all the power. And Jesus said, don't worry about those that could just kill the body. You better worry about the one that can deal with your soul that can kill the soul by that, not let it into heaven. The worst thing about life is very simple, is pain. Pain ruins everything, whether it's emotional, mental, physical. Take pain away, life is great. Well, that's coming in heaven, and it's promise. And he shall wipe away every tear, and there will be no more sorrow, there will be no more pain, there will be no more death, for the former things have passed away. And we'll look back and say all the suffering in this life, all the stupidity of this life 
was worth going through to get to you, Lord Jesus. That's our message. And it's a take it or leave it message. And if you come across somebody who leaves it, say, fine, next. <laughs> I have a friend, friend years ago, older friend, he used to tell me one of his favorite words were the words of a bank teller. Next, <laughs> next. He just, you know, what's next? He didn't believe, though. Verse 2, but Jehosheba, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered. And they hid him and his nurse in the bedroom from Athaliah so that he was not killed. Again, there are many people in Judah would not have known this. They kept it secret from everybody. This now begins the story, this section in the story, of the princess and the priest. These are noble characters. Under threat of death, they are upholding the word of God. At the risk of their lives, the child is, he's not more than a year old. He comes to the throne when he's seven, he's hid for six years. The math is fairly simple there. This major disjunctive conjunction, but Jehosheba, this word, the disjunctive, but kept the Messianic line from being destroyed. That one little act upholds God's word, and Satan could do nothing about it. It was nothing the forces of hell could do about this. God would never allow his word to be overcome. Jehosheba. She is one of the great women of the Bible, who is the wife of one of the great men of the Bible. And yet most Christians or believers, we pass over this because it's tucked in. It's tucked in the, the, the deeper readings. She is the aunt of this little Joash boy who they're hiding. He is the legitimate heir to the throne, not his grandmother who's trying to kill him. She, Jehosheba, is the sister of King Ahaziah, whom Jehu killed when he killed Jehoram. He, you know, he shot one in the, with the arrow and then he shot the other one. She is the sister to that king of, of Judah, who Jehu assassinated. It does not tell us that Athaliah is the mother, perhaps the stepmother within the harem. In other words, Jehosheba she is likely not the daughter of Athaliah because the Bible doesn't say she is. Josephus, the Jewish historian, says that she was a half-sister of Ahaziah, which would mean Athaliah, the wicked witch here, is the stepmother of this Jehosheba. I told you it's going to get a little confusing. So the woman that is saving the boy is the stepdaughter to the Satan's other daughter, Athaliah. It says here in verse 2, but the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah. So there we know that, that at least the stepsister with the kings with their harems, of course, they, this was all over the place. It just made things terrible. Polygamy never worked in the scripture. It always caused trouble, even amongst the righteous. Go, go back to Abraham and Hagar and Sarah. What a disaster. Well, coming back to this, how opposite, how utterly opposite we have evidence of how kin can be. Well, it starts back again in, in Eden, well, after Eden with Cain and Abel, how different they were. But this is ridiculous. 
that you can have this wicked Ahaziah under the influence of his wicked mother, and you have his sister, Jehosheba, devout and heroic, brave. Now, again, the good king Jehoshaphat arranged this marriage with Joram, who married Athaliah, they had Azariah, Azariah as the son. Joram's daughter-in-law was an archangel of hatred. That's Athaliah. She's the archangel of hatred, but Jehosheba is the archangel of love. And this is how it is. You have these super forces in place. It could be on a small scale in a home. You have this person that's just a, just a devil, And the sad thing is about when a person is a devil, oftentimes using Jesus in the Bible, most folks can't see it. You can't see this person doing the evil because they lack spiritual discernment. If I said, who among you has spiritual discernment? I would guess every hand would go up. And I would go, hmm, let me see your bookshelf. (laughs) When I say, when I pull one off and say, do you know this guy? Do you know what he writes about? I'm not, it's just a scenario I'm giving you. Where's that discernment? My experience over the decades of ministry is that many Christians, not all of them, should come in contact. They think they have spiritual discernment, but they have nothing to back that up with. Because they'll listen to some nut job just as fast as they'll listen to some solid Bible teacher. That's not spiritual discernment. That's drinking, what I like to say, that's drinking from any mud hole you come along. If it's got a puddle in it, you'll drink. Say it that way, and hopefully it stings a little bit if you're guilty. And if you're not guilty, it sits a little bit so that you can use it on those who need to hear it. I'm not saying it maliciously. It's just a fact, just the facts. The daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, opposite godly Jehoshaphat, routinely made poor choices of friends and it affected the lives of many in future generations long after his death. And here we see it right here. It does matter how you choose your friends. You go out into the world, you get a job in the world for the first time. You're now, you know, you're not at home and the mom and dad telling you what to do. And now you're out in the world. You're going to meet people that are devils. You're going to meet some that are angels, figuratively, of course. And... You have to learn how to, to, to say, you know, this is bad. I'm staying away from this person. I'll go to these. It may come with a price, but it's worth it. Anyway, it says, she took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered. Well, the future of God's promises to David, they were woven into his plan of salvation from the very beginning. Ever since, you know, you, you know, the seed of a woman, that, that promise in Genesis chapter 3 is, is looking forward to the virgin birth. And Satan was suspicious of these things. He doesn't have perfect knowledge. There's something in the scripture he couldn't figure out. He wasn't sure Jesus was who he said he was. And so that's, the, that's the trial in the wilderness. Well, anyway, we know looking at the scripture, we have the Holy Spirit unfolding these things, if not directly to us to solid Bible teaches for us. So these promises all are now wrapped up in this little boy named Joash. They're all centered in this single individual. Had he died, that would have been it. 
And Satan thought he was going to pull it off. He said, I was, I was there. I was right there. I almost finished him off. God said, no, you did not. He said, what about all the little children that were slaughtered in Bethlehem and the ones here? Well, what if God took them straight to heaven? They have a better day than you criticizing God for letting it happen. I mean, you'd be applauding God. You should be saying, man, I can't believe they, they dodged all this stuff in this life. Well, perspective, it, it matters. Coming back to this, her name, Jehoshiba, Yahweh's oath. This is big. By the heroine with this name, Yahweh's covenant oath was sustained. Sometimes the names in the Bible are, are incidental. They can, someone can have a godly name and be just a monster. Sometimes, you know, they have an okay name and they're just this great champion. So you, gotta, you have to keep it in context to the story to get something out of it. Thanks for joining us for today's edition on Cross Reference Radio. This is the daily radio ministry of Pastor Rick Gaston of Calvary Chapel Mechanicsville in Virginia. We trust that what you've heard today in the book of 2 Kings has been something to remember. If you'd like to listen to more teachings from this series, go to crossreferenceradio.com. Once more, that's crossreferenceradio.com. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast too, so you'll never miss another edition. Just go to your favorite podcast app to subscribe. Our time is about up, but we hope you'll tune in again next time as we continue on in the book of 2 Kings. We look forward to that time with you, so make a note in your calendar to join Pastor Rick as he teaches from the Bible right here on Cross Reference Radio.